Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Today we're going to talk about turning discouragement into courage. Discouragement into courage. I believe that there are so many things that we need to repent from. Everybody say repent. Okay, we already know scripturally that's not talking about sins. We know it means we need to turn completely opposite direction. We need to turn opposite direction. If you are discouraged, know this. It's a choice. It is a complete choice. It's the opposite of courage. It's just with a dis. So what we have to do is we have to recognize courage is a choice as well. I don't, I'm not born with courage. It's something that I choose to be. I choose to become. Otherwise, the Bible wouldn't say, be courageous. Be courageous, right? So if the Bible's saying, be something, does that mean it's a choice? Yes, it is. So to be discouraged is a choice as well. And we're making a choice to what? Live a life of courage, to be courageous, to be courageous. And when we look out in life in, 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 through the eyes of, of our journey, we need to look through the eyes of courage. And the only way that's going to take place is when you start getting information. What does the word say? What is it saying to us as children of God? What's, what's our dad teaching us? What's he want us to understand? What, what is he trying to say? This is how our family works, amen? This is how it works. This is how we operate. And by doing that, we start realizing, wait a minute, I need to start making a stand against things that are affecting me to a negative rather than choosing a positive. And listen, I, I want you empowered to recognize the power of choice. Your ability to change your life, your ability not to continue down the path you are right now. Not, not to think that you have to wait till December 31st so you can get a plan for the new year. I want you to recognize that the resolution is a daily thing that you make and say, I'm doing this instead of that. And by doing that, we're not, we're, we're not playing bad until January 1st, and then we're going to start doing good. We're realizing, I don't have to wait. I can do this thing now. I want you whole. I want you whole spirit, soul, and body. I want you recognizing what belongs to you. I want you to know what this is about. Not religion, not church thing. I want you to know this is life. When we gather together in this church, we gather together with an understanding of why we do it. And we're not doing it to get our, I went to church brownie button. You know, like the little, the little stickers, you know, I voted. We're not doing that. We're here that we are gathered for a purpose. And that purpose is I want to learn, I want to grow. I want to get this information in me so I can have change, transformation. And Romans 12, 2 says that we are not to be conformed to this world, choice, but be conformed to choice. 
Not to be conformed to this world. You know what the word being conformed means? It's a Greek word that literally means to shape clay. See, you don't understand that when you're out there, information is shaping you. It's molding you into a certain person. Based upon what? Whatever you are hearing and obeying. Whatever you're choosing to believe. And we take a stand and say, I choose to believe God's truth over the world's truth. God's way over the world's way. And by doing, by doing this, I'm going to have transformation. I'm going to have change. And I'm going to be finally one of those believers that go to church and really are having something happen that's relevant. Not Christianese, amen? You know, um, when we look at the scripture and, and the Old Testament, we see the patterns and types of how we can look here as a, as a new covenant believer in the New Testament lifestyle, and we look back in the Old Testament, the law, but also the, the truths of God's word in relationship to people that are still bound under a sin nature, or bound under a nature that, that's leading them down, down a path of destruction. But we see God saying, my truths will still help you no matter what. No matter what, my information can help you even in the worst case scenario. And so he talks to his people and he, and he speaks specific things into their lives that help them understand, yeah, you're a fallen being. And yeah, this, this nature is, is, is terrible. But you can overcome even in the midst of that by making a good choice of who you're going to believe. Who are you going to believe? See, we want to we just wipe away the Old Testament, wipe away the Gospels, which we think are New Testament, but they're not. It's Old Testament. Not until Jesus rises again. And we want to not pay attention to the truths that are shown to us in the life of Jesus and in God in the Old Testament. His nature and actions in the Old Testament. And what we really see, we really see, listen, what, when was this say? All things are possible to those who believe. Was it said in the church of Galatia or the church at Colossae? Was it, was it one of the churches in Corinth? Where is that at? I can't remember. The book of Acts. Anybody, can anybody help me where that's at? Old Testament. Gospels. Jesus talking to someone that's not even born again. And he makes this statement. All things are possible. Say all things. How many things? All things are possible. To who? Those who believe. We got to deal with this, don't we? So just think about this. I'm now a part of the, the kingdom of God. I'm operating in the covenant, the new covenant. Now think how big that word sounds in my life. I have a greater ability to believe. I have less of a pull of the nature of the flesh I should have. I have a greater understanding of what Jesus has done for me. I should be doing great, big, giant things for the kingdom. My life should be on beyond. And what's happening? We're not believing. We've got discouragement running rampant. We're hearing evil reports. We're hearing negative reports. We're letting the world define if we're healthy or not. 
Come on. We're letting what their opinions are dictate my destiny, my journey. Enough's enough. My dad, my father is going to dictate to me my journey. And that's the one I'm going to, I'm walking this road. Amen. You know how interesting, you know, because I've been in church for so long and I've been through the whole process of this journey, which you ought to be grateful for because I went through so much religion and goofiness and spirituality and spiritualism and Bible colleges. And I've been through the gambit. So I've been through it all. And I still came out on top. Thank you, Jesus. That should be a testimony right there. Where, where you go, hey, you can go through all this stuff, but as long as this heart, as long as this heart's going, man, I am, I am for you, Jesus. I am focused on you. I might be going through things that I don't understand or, or whatever the case may be. All I know is ultimately this is going to win. This will lead out in my life. And thank God I am where I am right now because I'm just not going to quit. I'm going to keep pressing in and pressing in. And I love it. I love, I've become more freer, more freer. But what's interesting is, is when I look back, I'm able to look at my Old Testament life and be able to see, see things that are examples, pictures and types that help me win and overcome. And that's what we all should be doing. We should all be able to look back and go, yeah, that belief system didn't work. That belief system wasn't right. And be able to recognize that you're growing and maturing. You're becoming greater understanding of scripture. But it's amazing how at one point you hear teaching instruction. And most churches teach goofy stuff. You know, they love to teach Job. And they teach Job when it has to do with bad things happening in your life. Because religious churches love to tie bad things with God. Isn't that interesting? My Bible, which is the Holy One, doesn't teach that way, but religion somehow confounds or misinterprets or manipulates Scripture, and they make statements, broad statements that, that, that are not reality to God's Word. What he says, well, God is God. God can do whatever he wants. No, God can do what he says he says, Period. It's like when I say God is loved. It's not a choice. It's who he is. God cannot lie. It's not because he chooses not to. He can't lie. He's God. But see, religion doesn't operate that way. So religion loves to look at Job and say, see, look, God did this and God did that. And it's not true. If you read the scripture, you can understand why. Why did Job go through whatever Job went through? Let me ask this question before I go any further. Is there anyone in here don't even have a clue what Job is or who Job is? Okay, one. All right, two, three. Okay, not too many. Good. Because I was thinking a whole bunch of you, because y'all looking at me like, who's Job? You mean Job? The Job? Job? Job is the oldest book, oldest book in the Old Testament. Okay? So this guy was alive, and, and this this picture is an amazing picture of this one guy and his family, and he was literally sold out, sold out to God. But there is a process of how Job lived his life that opened the door 
to the enemy in his life. And how they interpret the scripture is they interpret, you know, the, the devil going to God and saying, you know, Job's righteous, but let me have a hold on it. Let me do this. And, and God says, go ahead, do it. Go, go, go do it. And they then say, well, God's doing this to Job. And it is not. The devil's doing this to Job. And they say, well, God allowed it. No, God operated on Job's faith. But see, we don't want to look at that. You know why we don't? Because we don't want the whole scripture to teach us. We want to look at one and define it by one instead of the whole council. Because when you read the scripture, look at this. Job chapter 3 is the answer to why the devil was able to attack Job. He's the richest guy in the country. He's the most prosperous. He's successful. He's at the top of his life. And look how he lives his life. Verse 25. What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Those are the words of Job when the enemy came in to his life and started attacking him. What does he say? He says, what I feared, pahad in the Hebrew, and that fear literally leads to trembling. You ever been so afraid that your body shook? Anybody? Oh, a bunch of you have, but you don't want to act that way right now. Not me. A place where you're just scared. That's what Job is living. He says, this great fear is upon my life. And then he says, what I had dreaded, in other words, what my expectation was. Everybody say expectation. That's what dread is. Expectation of something negative happening. He says, what I dreaded, that impending evil I'm expecting, has what? Happened to me. Joe's prosperity, his family, his finances, his lands. He had this great fear of losing all them. And guess what happened? He lost it. He lost it all. The enemy came in and attacked all these areas that he had feared. Now you may be thinking, well, how do you know? Well, let's look at this. You guys ready for this? Chapter one, this is what Job did every single day of his life. He offered sacrifices for all his children just in case. Everybody say just in case. They sinned. Every day he would wake up and sacrifice to God in fear of losing his children in fear of losing his family, fear of losing his properties, fear of losing his, his finances. He was in fear of losing everything. So he'd go to God and say, God, just in case, just in case this is happening, just in case there's something bad here, sacrifice, just in case, just in case. His expectation, the fear I feared, the dread I dreaded has come upon me. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? 
So what Job is telling us is that the door of the the door of attack was open because that was his life. He was living a life of discouragement, a life of fear, a life of worry, a life of doubt. Nothing's wrong. His kids are, you know, living life. He's got greater amount of animals and property than anyone else. All is good, and all he can do is get up every morning and go, oh my gosh, what if they did? What if they did? What if they did? Everything he expected came upon him. He opened the door. And I can guarantee you, nor, no door would have been open if he wasn't doing this. How many of us are constantly saying the same type of stuff? So much fear, so much worry. We've got so much discouragement in us and we keep speaking it and speaking it and speaking it. Listen, family and friends. You have what you say. You gotta stop saying it. You have to stop saying, I, listen, I understand thoughts will come. You're not gonna stop a negative thought. You're not gonna stop an evil thought. They come. These thoughts will come. But you have authority and you have a control if you continue in that area. It's you. You control it. So you have to determine what are you gonna do with the thought. You're going to let it go play in your playground in that mind where it gets to go on the swing set and slide and have a good old time in your head? Or are you going to say, no, nah, that ain't my thought. That's not the thought. That's not. I like to do it this way. That's not the journey I want. And that's what I say. I say it to myself because I don't want no one saying, well, what are you thinking? So I just think, say to myself, that's not the journey I want. It's not the journey I want. I want, to, I want to be better at saying that. I want to be better at saying that. Instead of getting to a level, you know, you can get to a place where, you know, you've got all kinds of reasons why, you, you know, you're saying things you ought not to be saying. But the truth of the matter is, even if I'm tired, even if I'm wore out, even if I've, I've got a bad day going, it's still my choice. It's still my choice. So ultimately, I think if we get to the place where we're going, do I want to walk this journey? Is this what I want? Or do I just zip the lip? Amen? All right. Let's do the right thing. Amen? So that broken, discouraged life opened the door to the enemy. Let's shut the door on discouragement. Amen? Let's shut the door on it. How do we do this? Well, we have to receive the word of God in our lives. We can only be able to fight or operate in a position of strength in the kingdom of God by understanding what the will of God is. And what the will of God is, is his word. That's how you know what God's will is. That's how you know. Not guess, that's how you know. And I want to know the will of God, amen? Proverbs 13, three says this, he who guards his mouth preserves his life. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. Now notice that, how, how that, that is said. And let me throw in the two Greek words that I talked to you last week about. Natsar and Shamar. Natsar and Shamar. So he who 
Nazar guards his life. And that is what? He who is set to protect something, set to be in a position of, 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 of needing to watch over for the purpose of not allowing an enemy or something to come in to steal or rob. That's what that word means. Guard. Then it says what? It says, he who preserves his life. His mouth preserves. Shamar. We know shamar means to watch over or a shepherd looking after, protecting, taking care of something. Okay, so you have the picture of a guard, and they have a picture of a, of a shepherd protecting and watching over the care of something. Now look at the scripture again. He who watches over to protect from enemies, his mouth preserves, takes care, watches over his life. Notice that. God is saying when you protect the words coming out of your mouth, you're protecting your life. You got to listen to me. Y'all are dealing with, with all kinds of different situations out there in life. You got health issues, you got mental issues, you got people issues, whatever the issues are, those issues are trying to make you speak. They're trying to make you speak. And until you recognize this, quit playing this off like a religious goofball. Now, nah, whatever I say doesn't mean nothing. I can say anything I want. That doesn't really mean nothing. And we play this dumb game of that is my belief, and it goes beyond what God's belief is. God says it, but he doesn't mean that. Is that ridiculous? I've heard Christians talk that way. I can say things like that. Nothing's going to happen. They love talking that. And then you look at their lives and go, oh, no, it's working. It's working. Believe me, it's working. But they want to play that game because people don't want to see that they are in control of their life. Because once you see that, you can't blame It's easier to have a screwed up life and point a finger. You don't have to change. Your life can be screwed and messed up. You can have messed up marriages, messed up relationships, messed up everything. But you're okay because you can point fingers. It's their fault. But guess what? Nothing changes. So why would we want to have a mess and no change? Because I promise you, I promise you, you will never have change until you change. It stays the same. So you have to get to the place where, you know what? I'm going to take responsibility for my life. I'm not saying this is easy. We've got years, years of listening to ourselves, years of listening to other people, years of opinions, years of, of, of truths that counter God's word. We've got it built into us. We were from an, a, a nature that was anti-God. And all of a sudden we go boop into this one. It just doesn't wipe away instantly. In the spiritual realm, yeah, it did. But we don't live life in the spirit. That's a, that's, that's a process of a choice that we, that we 
make the moment we receive Jesus. That's why the Bible says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the old nature. It says what? Walk in the spirit. The word walk is peripeteo. That literally means it's a compound word and the best way to picture it is, is you're walking in, a, in an area where you just keep walking and keep walking and keep walking and you're, and you're, you're making literally a rut in how you're walking. You walk the path. You're walking the path. You can literally look up and you can not think about it, but you're walking that path. You're walking that path. Peripeteo. So it says walk in the spirit. What does that mean? Well, I'll pray once a day. I'll read my Bible maybe once a week. I'll go to church as long as it's not a holiday weekend. This is what we do. And we define that as spiritual. But that's not what it means. Walk in the spirit is understanding, having the understanding of what the spiritual life is about. What is that about, pastor? It's about being able to worship deeper with God. It's about knowing all the words of the living God. It's about understanding the Hebrew and Greek language, pastor. Or is it talking like this, spiritually? That has zero to do with anything as far as walking in the Spirit. You know what walking in the Spirit is? I guarantee you probably most everybody in here doesn't have a clue. But I believe you probably tie it to some type of spiritual works that you think is, is it singing in tongues? Is it, is it, praying, in the, is it praying in other tongues? Is it, it, and I'm telling you, this is what most Christians focus in on. This is the spiritual life. I can tell you what walking the Spirit is. Very simple, very precise. Walking in the Word of God. That's walking in the spirit, 100%. And you'll rarely hear that definition, but that's what it is. See, my spiritual life is complete. There is nothing that has to be added to my spirit. So to walk in that spirit is, is it's common sense. I have to renew the mind. I have to get that pushed out of the way as the empowerment of my life and build up that understanding of where I believe God's word above my other belief. And when I do that, I'm walking in the spirit. And what happens is I start believing the word of God and I start making a pattern. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I was healed. I am healed. I was healed. I am, and I walk in that. I believe it until I know that I know that I am. And I'm out, am I now walking the Spirit because I'm quoting the Scripture? No, I believe it. So what did that mean? It said, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. All you have to do is look at all the types and actions of the lust of the flesh. And what are you going to see? Everything that attacks you in a negative, not a positive. So that means I'm walking in the spirit, but see, I can not walk in the spirit and receive an attack against my body physically. And so now I'm leaning to the lust of the flesh. 
what is the lust of the flesh? I'm allowing myself to accept it. I'm allowing myself to receive it. I'm, allow, I'm allowing it. That's my old nature. Are you guys listening to me? These aren't in my notes, but they're good notes. So what we're doing is we're saying, okay, okay, okay. So walking in the Spirit isn't this, this picture of, oh, God, glory to God. It's a picture of me receiving the Word, believing in the Word, and living the Word. Now I'm walking in the Spirit. Now the lust of the flesh tries to, trying to push on me. I'm like, oh, no, ain't going to happen. I won't fulfill that. Why? Because I believe the Word. Now are there other areas that I need to shore up, strengthen up? Oh, yes, certainly there are. I'm not all this complete perfect. There are areas I got to go, uh-oh, we got to deal with this. That's some old nature stuff trying to come in. And it tries to come in. You might have victory over it for years, but if you, if you put your guard down, you start speaking negative, start, what happens? It's affecting your life. Amen? All right. Proverbs 6.2 says, you are snared by the words of your mouth. You are taken you're snared. You're entrapped by the words of your mouth. I'm telling you, people, we got to watch what comes out of our mouth. We all want to give opinions. We, we, we all just want to pop, 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 pop. And we've got to learn. It's, we can't just allow stuff to just fly out. I'm telling you. I didn't say this is simple. I didn't say we can get the way and we can figure this out and get it done in a day. It, nothing works in the kingdom that way. In one area you're strengthened at, there's 20 areas you're not. That's what I'm trying to say. Get off your case. Take common sense to realize that any area that I'm naturally weak in, I can shore up by knowledge and getting that knowledge in my life to where I'm able to put it to use. And what does that do? Strengthens you. There are some areas that you can care less about. I believe that's a natural principle. If your carburetor's messed up on your car, how many of you could care less about that? It's not like you're going to go out and buy a manual and repair it. Now, there are a couple of you in here that will do that. Weirdos. <laughs> But I used to be a weirdo once too. But hear me out, okay? This is, this is a spiritual truth because of the natural principle. But there are people that will do it. There are other people with that knowledge and understanding. And what do I do? I put my faith and trust in their ability to deal with the situation. But it's not something I need to deal with. That's, that's, that, I don't need to. They know how. And what, what happens then? It benefits my life. But just because I have a problem doesn't mean I have to personally rebuild my carburetor. And some of you are going, what's a carburetor? That's even worse off. Do you guys listening? Are you listening? No, I mean, do you have ears to hear what I'm saying? Because this, this is when this life becomes more more common sense in the, in the way where you're like going, you know what? I make this thing so difficult. Be 
because what I literally do is, as I legal make this a legalistic walk, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm doing works for God to accept or be pleased or for it to work, and that's what's that's what's so dangerous. How do we get to the place of victory? How do we win over discouragement? Because you. I can take out discouragement and we'll put fear there. I can take out that and put anxiety, worry, whatever. The point is, is I need to get to a place where I'm courageous to believe. I'm courageous to accept the word of God. I'm courageous to, I'm courageous to fight over a doctor's report. Why, they ain't the healer. They never have been, ever. Only one healer, Jesus. Only one. You guys understand this. Good. David says this in Psalms 42.5. I love this. This is an awesome scripture. Why am I discouraged? Now he's talking to himself. It's okay to talk to yourself. There's nothing wrong with it. Kind of. And maybe sometimes there is. You don't want to be, you know, going down Safeway going, yeah, I should buy that. I don't know why I don't. The reason why I know that is because I've seen people talking to themselves. Or I thought they were. And I never thought, there's a wise man. I've never, ever watched a guy walk down an aisle or wherever talking and go, want to be like him. Never. Sometimes you're like going, I need to go out of this aisle. And then I realize he's got one of the earphones on there. And then he turns and it's like, oh, okay, you're not crazy. But it's okay to talk to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, be wise in when you're doing it. Okay? Y'all with me on that? All right. I don't want love life people out there being freaks. I want you to operate, you know, wisdom. So, David says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I love that. He's asking those questions. I can tell you, because of my instruction from pastors in my past and teachings that I've received, that hearing this information, hearing this stuff has helped me come to the place where I do the same thing to this day. I do exactly the same thing that David was doing thousands of years ago. And I'll be talking to God. And it's amazing when I'm talking to him, I, I hear myself talking. You know, I hear. I'm, I'm speaking and speaking. And pretty soon I'm going, why are you even praying that way? You don't know how many times I've done that. I did this this morning. I started away and I go, God, isn't that dumb how I just said that? He's not saying, yeah, that was dumb, but I'm saying that because I realize, wait a minute, that, that's not a position of faith in making that comment. And now I'm talking to myself. I'm serious. This is what happened this morning. So I'm talking to myself. I'm going, that's not even a statement of faith. And I go, God, but you know what I'm talking about. And I go, that was dumb to say that too, wasn't it? And I'm really going to this place where I'm going, Interesting. I need to just shut, your, shut my mouth right now. 
And that's what I did. I said, I, I need to shut my mouth right now. And so I went back into just praying for the, praying for the kids and praying for the youth and praying for his, and then I realized, and then I got to the place, okay, okay, I got it, God. And then it just went to, and I, I, I corrected myself just by going, Let, let's put this aside because you're being silly right now. You, you're, you're talking emotional. You're talking uh, with an opinion. You're, you're, not, you're not communicating correctly. And then I stop myself and say, but it ain't about me doing it exact. Because, see, I'm getting now legalistic. I was really screwed up this morning. And then I realized, you know what? It's amazing how I went all these different things. I don't even have my notes set up yet. This is like about four in the morning right now. So I'm going, that's interesting how all this is in shape based upon correction, recorrection, when the truth of the matter is, is I just need to share my heart. And then when I got into my message, it started preaching at me. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is really good. I'm learning something from my instruction. And that's what I want every time we gather together. I don't want you ever, and if you think this way, it's, it's, it's way off. But I want you ever to think that I've come to give you a message for you. Because I don't. I swear to you, I, I, I've not been that way. What I will do is I'll give a message for us. I've never, ever, ever, ever in all these years I've been doing this. I've never had a message not speak to my heart, not correct me not challenge me, not, it will always do something because that's what the word of God is. It's a living word and I'm studying a living word and I'm not bringing it all guns blazing pointed at you. So if you feel little conviction, if I pricked one of your nerves, I'm telling you, I've already gone through it. So if anybody can throw a fit, I will because I was first. And that's always the worst. But just so you understand that. So in this, you can see David going, why am I so sad? He goes, wait a minute. I put my hope in God. He goes, why am I discouraged? Why, why am I so sad? And, and this is what we do. Uh, I need to call someone and tell them. I need to let people know I'm so discouraged. I'm so sad. David goes, well, why, wait, wait, why am I? And I promise you, which he does, he can write a list of why. Can you? Can you write a list of why you're discouraged? Can you, can you, no, can you write a list and back it up? Can you? Oh, certainly you can. You write a book, make a movie, whatever. The point is, is you can do this. David can do, David was being chased by the whole nation of Israel. Well, we're not talking about, you know, a bunch of farmers. We're talking about the, the, the army, air force, navy, marines, everybody chasing to kill David. Have a whole country chase you. You can make a list of why you're feeling bad today, right? Look what David says. I will put my hope in God, 
I will praise him again. What, what happened? He stopped. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Look at how he talks. See, I'm learning from the word. Instead of giving God all the reasons why I should feel this way, I go, what does his word say? What is his word? Because you can have, you, there's nasty out there. There's pressure out there. There's all kinds of stuff out there. So what are we going to do? Say, this is the reason why I'm going to stay this way? Or do I say, why am I doing this? And that's what I did. This why, why, am I, why are you talking this way? Put your hope in God. Verse 3. I just read verse 5. I'm going up in front of it. Okay, because I want to show, I want to show you this. Day and night, I have only tears for food. Now look at that. He's crying all the time. King David. He goes, I'm constantly in tears while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, where's your God? Think about that, believer. You follow Jesus. I'm sure there's people wagging their finger at you. Yeah, you said this. Yeah, you do this. Yeah, where's your God? How can your God? How come? Just attacking you, just coming at you, just coming at you. And that's what David's feeling. That's what David's experiencing. I'm living for you, Jesus. Tell them to stop it. He says this. My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I'd walk in the church and the worshipers at church and we'd have praise and worship and, and the word of God and leading a great procession in the house of God. Whoop, there he's the pastor now, singing for joy, giving thanks in the sound of this great celebration. What did he say? He goes, I used to be doing that. I haven't been in a while. And because I haven't been in a while, my heart is sad. That's why gathering together, that's why making sure that you're paying attention to who you're hanging with is so vital for your life, so vital. Coming here and gathering here is so mandatory. And that's what scripture says. He said, in the last days, in the days when we're getting closer and closer to this, this ending up, whatever the case may be, I mean, I, I, I don't know how long the last days are, if it's next week or, you know, 100 years from now. It doesn't really matter to me. I live daily. So none of that matters because, first of all, it doesn't matter to me. The last day has no last day for me. Do you understand? The last days is written for people that are going to be in the last days. I am a follower of Jesus. It ain't my last day. So that's why the scripture says, encourage one another when you talk about this stuff. How can I encourage you? Because you know it ain't for you. You want to talk about tribulation? Whatever. I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to be here. That's bad on them. But it has nothing to do with me. You guys hear me? When, it, when, it come, when, when you pay attention to scripture and let it teach you correctly, you start realizing, man, I was freaking out of stuff I ought not to be freaking out over. I don't care. It doesn't matter. As long as I'm here living, I got a purpose. I got a plan. I got a destiny to fulfill. And until I'm not here, I will have to continue to do this thing. So who cares? Yes, I don't want you to have to go through that, but that's your choice. <laughs> you, you, that's your choice. 
Now, I'll teach it just so everybody can know, hey, for those people out there, this can happen. But for you, don't freak out. Yeah, but I haven't got my driver's license yet. I want to learn to drive. Quit worrying about it. And anyway, you'll be gone. As a believer, you only gone for seven years. Then you come back for another thousand to rule and reign with Jesus. Then you can have a cool car. We don't know how it's going to work. We're not going to be floating around like little angels. You don't know, so don't build this religious mindset. Man, I see this thing. It's awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. The food is going to be amazing. Amazing. Everything's going to be awesome. Just take my, listen, when we come back, you're going to start living and go, pastor was right, man. Pastor was right. All right, let's move on. Let me give you seven truths so you can change discouragement to a life of courage. Number one, your experience's life is completely tied to the words you speak. 100%. The experience, remember, what are words? They are from the abundance of your heart, what you believe. Words are from what you believe, all right? Now, you can play the game. You can play Christianese in church, whatever, but... No matter what, ultimately, if, if we're around you long enough, you come out. You're going to come out. When you're around people long enough, the real them will come out. You can't. You can't. You're not that good. You will come out. And then you go, oh, that's you, huh? Okay. Now I know the real you. I always been, I've been saying this for years, but I go, you want, you want to find out the, how a person is? Do work around them. Have work going on. And you can find out how a person is. Okay, let's move on. I'm going to have a work day next week. All church work day. Man, I'll get some work done now. Y'all be going, I'm going to get working now. All right, let's move right on. It's okay to let God know. David said, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. When, when religion is big in us, we lose self-identity. Uh, we, we try to portray something that's not reality. And, and, and I've been there, done that. That's why I'm, I, I'm speaking out of, out of a life of this. And I'm, and I'm trying to help you understand that so you don't have to get caught up in that. There's nothing wrong with being real with God. That's what he wants you to do. When you, when you messed up, when you have a, you know, a head problem, whatever, and you, you just need to talk to them. I, I'll, I'll help you on this, but you do need to be truthful. He already knows. Yeah, okay, or he already knows. But he said, he said, give it to me. He didn't say cash to care in the Greek that meant. You got it? That's not what it means. It's a process of whatever it is that that care is, and you're giving it to him. You're communicating that care over in faith. Do you hear me? And that's what he says. So we're going to talk to him. We're going to communicate. It's okay to let him know how you feel. But you end always with what does the word of God say? What does the word of God say? See, David, in his communication, 
he's telling us that this is happening. I'm crying. People are attacking me. My life is miserable. That's what he says. But then he says, but I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe him. I'm going to put him first. So he gets it out, and he says, but this is what I'm going to do. Everybody say, but. Okay, that cancels out what you gave to God. Why? Because this belief of the but belief, in other words, God is bigger. God is faithful. God's word is greater than my word. And what you do is you're releasing it out and allowing that walking in the spirit to rise up. And you're now saying, but God's word says this, but the word of God is what I believe in. The word that God's speaking to my heart right now. And that overrides what you just released him. Why is this so important? Well, because number one is the words. The words carry life and death, right? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So I'm communicating, I'm telling him, God, you know, I feel miserable, this is messed up, and, and I'm getting it out there, but your word, God, is what I trust. Your word is what I believe in. And I'm telling you, there, it's such, there's a refreshing when you get it out. But there's no refreshing if you don't replace it. There's refreshing if you get it out. There's no refreshing if you don't replace it. Because the belief is what you're experiencing. Now I've got to change. I've got to receive another belief, right? You guys hearing? Okay. Let me give you two understandings about this. Number one, it's not about trying to convince God that it's terrible, that whatever you're going through is just terrible. It, you, you don't go to God going, God, I need to prove this is terrible. I need to let you know, oh my God, how terrible it is. That, you're not manipulating God. That's for people. That's what we do with one. You know how bad it is? This is how bad it is. <laughs> and then we're trying to convince someone what? Why are we, what are we doing? We want them to be able, feel terrible like we feel. Mercy. We want, we want, we want that. So we go to God and we think, if I can just get him to know how terrible it is, then he'll do something. Are you guys listening? If I can cry louder, if I can beg him more, if I can convince him, no one's gone through this like me. We think we're trying to tug on God, like he's Aunt Bertha. He's, he's a, a person on earth. He's God. Second, God does not respond to pain. Only pursue. If you look at the scriptures, and that's where I get this information, look at what the word of God says. God is not running around because everybody's sad or your problem's so bad or, or things are so, so difficult in your life and God's just running around, oh, oh, that one hurts. That, God would die. I mean, there's just, it would be, it'd be a mess. But God doesn't respond. 
in that manner. He never has. But when you pursue him, this scripture is very clear. Knock. I'll knock on the door and wait for it to be answered. If you seek me, now I'm going to run for you. He says, if you seek me, you will find me. Are you guys hearing me? This is all, over and over in the word of God. It states that God's, he's ready, but you have to be the one. You, your will is the power of your life. And God isn't going to just run around just because you're crying louder. He's waiting for you. That's it. And then once you operate that way, things happen. Y'all got that? We got to be honest with God, okay? But we got to end up in praise. That's what it comes down to. Let me get this out. Let me get off my chest. And now let's get into what the truth is. Truth is, is all things are possible to those who believe. I'm an overcomer. I got this. We got this together, God. I release this to you. You care for me. I cast my care to you. Done. This is good. Thank you for wisdom. And that's what takes place all of a sudden. Number two, you must be relentless concerning your life with Jesus. You, you cannot part-time with Jesus. You got to be relentless. Now, I am not talking about religious relentlessness. I'm talking about life. Be relentless in believing. Be relentless in expecting big. Be relentless in, in, in believing for better. Be relentless that your marriage is going to be greater than it is today. Be relentless in your children. Be relentless in life. Be relentless. Keep pressing. Where Paul says, I don't run to run. I run to win. That's what Paul says. I run to win. There's no participation badges. You got to check your brain and, and make sure you understand. Once you receive Jesus, you're a winner. Now start winning. Start winning. I've never been on a winning team. You are now. You are now. We're championship. We, 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 we won. We won every title there is. Let's start walking like that. How are you going to do that? Believe. Believe. Only believe. Acts 20, 24. My life is worth nothing to me. This is Paul. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by Lord Jesus. Paul goes, my life don't mean nothing except I do what God's called me to do. Now, we're, we then expect it's, well, you're an apostle of the church. And it didn't, he doesn't go through any of that. This is what his calling is. And by the way, it's our calling. You ready to hear this? It's so cool. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Oh, my gosh. You read Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. You read these books and you're, you're looking at, oh my gosh, there's so much awesomeness in it. You know what it comes down to? It's the grace of God. All the stuff he teaches, it's the grace of God. He teaches about prosperity. It's the grace of God. The word grace is used for different areas of, of the coolness of God. I mean, it's awesome. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Number three. Recognize you're not alone. You're not the only one dealing with discouragement. You're not the only one going through this. And no one's ever been through this stuff like you have. Many have, and they've already overcome. Many have. 
that humanity just, just didn't start last week. It's been going on for thousands of years. You understand that? So for thousand years, people have to have been dealing with what you're dealing with. Same, same thing, maybe that wasn't with an iPhone, it was probably with a rock or something, but it doesn't matter. They didn't, they didn't friend me and they're looking at the scratching on a rock. It doesn't matter. Everybody, the, the, there's nothing new under the sun. Whatever the issue is, is an issue thousand years ago. It's the same feeling, same experience. So whatever you're going through is not worse or terrible. Everybody has gone, I mean, everybody's gone through some problem that you dealt with and they, they win or they're still going through it. What does that mean? We need some winners. You're going through hard times? Come on, win. I, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, hold your hand and let's cry together. I mean, I'm gonna feel for you, but you need to win for us. You need to win. Quit losing the game. We need, we need, we need pictures of victory. Everybody can roll over and defeat. Everybody can roll over and quit. We're the, we're the body of Christ. We don't quit. Get a new identity, his, and realize it's time for me to win. Quit listening to your friends. Quit, quit watching that junk you're watching. Start listening to people to say, no, no, it's time to win. It's time for victory. It's time for you to change. At least it'll give me hope to change. Then start it. Let's win, amen? I said, let's win. Let's win. You want me to be this way, and I want you to be this way. Quit being complacent. You want me to want you to win. You want me to want your life better. Come on. Come on. You're not alone. First Peter 5, 9. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same thing you have. All over the world are going through the same thing you have. Don't, don't, you're not alone. It helps to think about someone's gone through what I've gone through and won. Because they have. We don't, it, it would be crazy that someone's gone through what I've gone through and everybody loses. That, then there's no hope. But that's not a true statement. Someone's overcome. Amen? Woo! Number four. Remember the fragments. I, this is a teaching I did, and I say this, you know, you might, what fragments? The fragments are when Jesus, remember Jesus fed the thousands? Okay. And when he's fed the thousands, there were leftovers. Everybody say leftovers. And, and in scripture, it calls it fragments. Okay, fragments of bread, fragments, I don't know why, but that's a definition. Actually, there were full loaves and there were full fish. But Jesus fed thousands and there were leftovers. Now, the disciples were part of that miracle. They, they weren't handing out, okay, I've got 20 to hand out. Okay, let me go back to Jesus and get 20 more. That's not how it worked. The moment Jesus separated it for them to pass out, it continued to multiply as they were passing it out. They became part of the miracle. So they're sitting there going, That's why some of you would be. 
that, you know, that's in the Old Testament. It's, it's all of the scriptures, that kind of stuff. When God gave them manna, he says, don't, don't worry about collecting on the seventh. You'll have enough on Saturday. Don't worry about it. Sunday will be taken care of. And they had a bunch of people like going, oh, no, I don't, if I ain't going to have food on Sunday, I'm going to collect. And it all got rotten, so they couldn't eat it anyway. But that's in the Bible, so let's don't do that, amen? <laughs> Remember the fragments. Don't forget what God has done. Don't forget. No matter how small, listen, a small victory is a victory. I mean, who... How can you define a victory different than a victory? A victory is a victory. At large doesn't define it. If you have a victory, you have victory. Small or it doesn't matter. Rejoice in that. Rejoice in that. Times when I get to a place where I'm at a, just a block, or I hit a wall, and I'm like going, oh, I got to go back and remember the fragments. The fragments are the leftovers of the miracles the fragments are what God has done. When I, when I feel something in my body, oh, I remember the fragments of my healings, what I've been restored of, the things that God just, just did some amazing things in my life. I remember the times of standing in faith. I remember times of, of, of overcoming. And those are my fragments. Don't forget the fragments. And what it does, it builds up my faith for whatever I'm dealing with. All the time, every time. Now, if I keep my mind shut and I don't remember what happens? All I'm thinking is negative. How can I? Will it ever happen? This is different. No, I remember my fragments. So don't forget what God has done in your past. Amen. David said, I remember how it used to be. That's what David was. I remember how it used to be. He go, I'll take the giant out. Why? He remembered the fragments. He said, I, I, I killed a bear and a lion. He remembered the fragments. Now, he didn't say, I did this because I'm awesome and I do everything. I'm so great. He said, God delivered me. But did God kill him? No, David did. I, I said, did God kill him? No, David did. But what did David say? God delivered me. God delivered me from the, hand, the, 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 the mouth of the lion and the hand of the bear, the, whatever, the bear and the lion, the bad things. God delivered me. God delivered me. Now, he killed him, but God did it through him, all right? Giant, Goliath, fragments. He's going down. What did he believe? God will deliver him. Who's going to kill the giant? David is. Who's going to deliver him? God is. See how God works? God was trying to get Israel to understand that truth. You will have victory and you'll have success and you'll win every battle when you understand you've got to swing the sword. But God will make sure it hits right on target. Amen? Amen. God's faithful, people. God is faithful. Number five, God, give God sacrifice of praise. Give God what? Sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13, 15. Let's continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks. Do what? Now, this is so screwed up scripture just in the sake of how religion takes it and goofy spiritual people. But if you understand 
first of all, Hebrews is written to Hebrews. It's written to people that were from the law. So every communication at that point is tied to an understanding of the, the area of the law and, and being a Hebrew or a Jew. So when they're hearing this, he's teaching in a way where they're getting hold of what, how this relates to them. Sacrifice, they understood. It actually, it, in, in the belief of the Jew, all sacrifices end when the Messiah comes except the sacrifice of praise. That, that sacrifice continues on, but all the other ones go away when the Messiah shows up. All right, that's their belief system. Now here it is, the sacrifice of praise. Well, what was the sacrifice for? It was to offer to God to what? To eliminate something, to appease him, to bring a sweet smelling aroma to him. So you would take something, sacrifice it to God, and God would receive it. It would take care of whatever it was that you were doing. So here he used the term sacrifice. He says a sacrifice of praise, meaning there are times in your life when that praise is going to be a sweet-smelling sacrifice. What would make it a sacrifice? When all hell's breaking loose. When everything's going wrong. And you stand before God and you start lifting your praise to him and you don't feel like it. Everything's saying, get your hand down. There ain't nothing to be happy about. But you see, you, you hear the scripture, you read in the Bible, and the Bible says, let that sacrifice of praise. Get it up there. And that is a picture of your faith and belief and expectation of God being faithful and working in the midst. That is lift up a sacrifice of praise. And what does it say? Continually. Ever say continually. In the Greek, that means all the time. All the time. We, we don't want to do that because we, we're so conscious of works, legalism. Man, you should be going, God, God, I, I, it's yours, God, it's yours, God. Okay, I, I praise you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. And just get that stuff up there, up there, up there. It's an awesome place to be. I want to be better at it. Amen. It says, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, what is? That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks. You know, what's interesting is I, this is taken from Hosea. Hosea in the Hebrew says this, the fruit of our lips giving thanks, but it's actually the Hebrew word is the, the, the lamb of our lips giving thanks. It's actually the Hebrew word for the sacrifice. So he says the sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb of our lips giving what? Thanks. Now, interesting because it isn't the word Thanks. But it's defined, it's defined that way. It's not Eucharista, which means I give thanks because everything's happening. It's all awesome. Oh my gosh, I got the bills paid. The kids are happy and the wife's happy and everybody's happy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I got the new car. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, look at I get. Oh, I got a raise. Thank you, Jesus. That's Eucharista. That's giving thanks, but everything's happening. It's awesome. But see, this word is not that word. You know what it is? I'm not going to tell you because no one asked, said, yeah, I want to know. Do you want to know what it is? No. <laughs> Homo legao. Homo is same 
legeo is what? Do you guys remember? It's what? To say. To say the same. Now, in Love Life, we've heard this for years because it's 1 John 1, 9. If you homogeo your sin or your whatever it is that you did wrong, the Father is faithful and just to forgive you. And it's word, if you confess, everybody say confess. That's homologeo. If you say the same thing. In other words, you're recognizing that, my bad. I, that, I shouldn't have done that. And then God's going, you good? He's faithful and just to forgive. That's what he does. That's, that's, for a believer, that's our ability to get relationship for us on track. It has nothing to do with God. God's on track all the time. But for us to get back on track. It's, it's a relationship issue with us, not God. Once Jesus went to the cross and died for you, the relationship's tight. People, that's the problem. We don't know scripture, so we don't see it that way. Believe me, it's tight. The problem with relationship between us and God is us, only us, never him. Never him, always us. So you do bad, you act all dumb, whatever. You're the one messing relationship. It isn't God, it's you. But we portray it as God. God's mad, God's fed up, God's angry. That's what we do. Why? Because we place God like we do one another. How we deal with each other right now. We, this is how we do. If I do bad to you, you're going to be mad. And I don't know how long you're going to be mad. Hopefully you get over it, but who knows if you will or not. Or you might even use it against me a week later. That's, that's our lives, right? Is this our lives? Yes or no? It's not God. It's not God. When did Jesus die for all your sins? Was it today? Did he do it last week? Thousands of years ago. Well, that means any sin you do has already been forgiven. See, that, once you get this, you start, wait a minute, this ain't a God issue. It's me. I got to fix me. God's like, deal with it. Let's move. Let's go on. Deal with it. And you take care of it, and we're like, okay, I'm okay now. He'd never change. That's why I said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Double negative. I will no not leave you. I will no not, never, no, 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 never, never leave you. Or no, 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 never, never leave you or forsake you. That's the word of God to you. So you're thinking, if I don't get this wrong, he's out of here. No, that's religion. He's with you. Fix the relationship. You fix you. Homo means what? Look at this. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. That is what? The fruit of my lips, the sacrifice of the words, giving thanks to his name. Giving what? Say the same thing. So how do I sacrifice a praise? Thank you, Father, that this is overcome, that this is taken care of. Thank you, Father, your word says that I have my needs met. Thank you, Father, that I give and it's given back to me, pressed down. I think that's a sacrifice. You think that's not a sacrifice when all things are going wrong and you start quoting his word. You start giving him things. Well, that's a sacrifice. It's not everything's good because everything's good. You're going, oh, it's so good. It's your party and nobody, nobody brought a present. You're like, why is my party? No one's brought a present. There's something wrong. Well, that's when you start giving thanks. 
You see what I'm saying? But everybody brings a present. We go, oh, thank you for the present. Thank you for the present. Whoever's birthday's next, don't bring presents. We want, I want an analogy. I want an analogy. Who, who's got a birthday coming up anyway? Okay, who's got a birthday coming up this week? All right, two weeks from now? All right, no presents. No presents for you. No soup for you. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if we really go, Pastor said so. Save this money. Love you, though. Love you. It's about love, right? Love you. Yeah, we're like going, yeah. Uh-huh. When I walk out these doors, they, 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 it's, it's going to be pay to play. You, you can bring something in. No, they, so we give God a sacrifice of praise. Amen? Number six, get your rest and exercise. I knew you'd freak out on that one. Get rest and exercise. I had to throw that in there. I had to. Y'all know you have two identities. You do understand that when it comes to this. Some of you looking at me and going, what the heck are you talking about? You do. You have an identity of three hours of sleep and an identity of eight hours of sleep. Three hours of sleep. But couldn't mess with me. Oh my gosh. Eight hours of sleep. Oh, life is good. Yeah. I feel so refreshed. Am I true or not? Is that true? Exactly. Weirdos. Two identity weirdos. <laughs> Get your rest. Exercise. Psalms 4.8. I'll both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone make me dwell safely. Go to bed. And when you go to bed and you got issues happening, saying, I got a peaceful rest. I, I'm going to be safe. No matter what, I'm going to be safe. My dad's going to take care of my issues because I cast them to him. Proverbs 3.24, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Number seven, associate with motivating people. That's the last one. Associate with motivating people. Y'all know misery loves company. Scripture is very clear. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise. He who walks with wise people will be wise. But a companion of fools will be destroyed. Numbers 32, 9. Listen to this. They discouraged the heart of the children of Israel so that they did not go into the land which the Lord had given them. They did what? They discouraged the heart of Israel. A bunch of leaders started talking trash. Yeah, I know, I know, I know God says that, but I know God said this, but you don't know how many Christians, people, how many Christians talk that way. It is crazy. It's crazy. But people, ah, zip it. Hebrews 12 says this, verse 2 and 3. Put your eyes on Jesus, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Keep your eyes on Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Don't be deceived. Don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good morals. 
scripture after scripture shows us that you got to watch who you hang with. And if you want to keep making excuses or reasons why you're going to keep doing that, then whatever, because it is who you are. You can say whatever you want about who you are character-wise, but the truth is, is who you hang with is exactly who you are. Now, I know you, everybody wants to present themselves a certain way. Truth is, is you are who you hang with. All I have to do is look at your friends and look at how they operate and how their character is, and it's exactly who you are. Now, you might not want to be that way, but it doesn't matter if that's who you hang with. Now, I know that people don't like to hear that, but whatever, deal with it with God. Argue the scripture with them. But it is the truth. What does the word of God say? He says, don't be deceived. You need to make sure you are cautious on that area of hanging with. In other words, you already know the difference of hanging with someone or, or doing something, whatever. That one position of hanging is you're opening your life to influence or communication in a closer way than if you were just like, you, we're all as a men, we're, we're going to go golfing. And we all go. Well, there's, there, there's good people and there's negative people. There's, uh, there's ugly people and there's mean or whatever. They're just all kinds of people. But see, it's not like I'm hanging. I'm, these are my friends in the sense of they're buddies now. But we have relationship. We have connection. We love one another. And we're together to influence one another to do good. So there's a purpose behind it. I'm talking about you, you know, the vacation and you, you hanging with people. That's who you are. Otherwise, you wouldn't be hanging with them. You guys hear me? Okay. So if you're questioning yourself right now, then that is the answer. But anyway, the truth of the matter is, is that's how you're defined. But God said this, if you don't, if you don't be deceived, if they have negative traits, it will influence you. And that's what people don't, they don't want to believe that will happen. It happens 100%. So don't allow it. Get around people that are going to be builders. It's the nature, it's the nature of the, of the fallen, fallen humanity that, is, that will try to pull you down. It's sad. They'll coach you down. Even though scripture says something, they'll, they'll reason around scripture. Yeah, no, that Bible. Or they love this way. Well, you know, that's just pastor. They love saying that. Man, if some of you'd wise them and say, back up that scripture then, boy. But you don't. Why? Because you want to be that way. That's what I'm trying to say. It is who you are. You want to rise up about it, then avoid. Or be a vessel of change. And that means you establish the lifestyle and they have to live up to your establishment. And then you're doing what? You're influencing the right way. Now you're really leading, amen? But don't try to, you know, patty cake it around, try to make it, you know, all, all comfortable and everything. It just doesn't work that way. Let's let this word work in us so we can we what? live a courageous life. We're going to overcome discouragement and win. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word, the truth of the word of God. God, you're good. And the word, you're, you, you just, you help us understand. Help us become better. 
And I pray that as, as the word has gone forth, that it's gone forth in hearers' ears. And that as we have heard the word of God, it is going to produce. It's going to produce because we believe and we're going to act on it. That's what we're going to do. Believe and act on it. And as we do, we will have the transformation, just like the word says. So we're coming to you in a way of learning and growing. And this word, we're going to start putting to work in our lives. And as we do, our lives will become more courageous and we will get rid of anything that is affecting us in the negative and be victorious for you and your kingdom for the world to see. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you. Thank you.